Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back for another playoff edition of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's your boy, Kyle Bennett, doing the intro again because Mikey's doing that overtime thing. Won't be back for the fantasy playoffs. Hashtag sad boy hours. But for the second week in a row, I'm joined by the co-host with the most, Host of the 4th and Goal podcast on our network. Calling in on the voice line, Mr. Patty Pitts. What's going on, brother? Nothing, man. I'm back and I'm better than ever. Right? Just ready to talk some NFL, little spreads, little fantasy. You know, I'm just here here to please. An absolutely wild week 14. Eli Manning made his return. Mitch Trubisky looked good against the Dallas Cowboys. And the unlikely hero for my Philadelphia Eagles, Boston Scott, puts on a show on Monday Night Football. But the overall number one fantasy performer this week was a familiar face. And in a game that everybody said to smash the under, we went over by a large margin. A 48-46 win for the 49ers. But Drew Brees, your Week 14 and Week 1 of the fantasy playoffs, number one performer with 40.06 fantasy points. Drew Brees just does not get bad. He is like fine wine, Pat Pitts. Drew Brees gets better with age. It's it's unbelievable to watch in front of you. And especially, I mean, I expected this from the get-go. It's a big game in the Superdome. Drew Brees is going to have a monster game. It's 1 o'clock too. Saints love to put up points in the 1 o'clock games. And they definitely showed it this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that game was, it reminded me of 2017 Eagles-Rams. It reminded me of last year's Chiefs-Rams. Like, it was just back and forth, offense all day. And 49ers end up winning it. And from the 49ers, your number three overall fantasy performer of the week, Mr. Emmanuel Sanders, had 35 yards passing. And a touchdown. Also, caught seven passes for 157 yards and a receiving touchdown. Kyle, he is the first 49er in history to ever have a receiving touchdown and throw passing touchdown in the same half. So, fun fact for you. That's absurd. I mean, of course this happens in the 100th year of the NFL. Right. Any given Sunday. But think about the the craziness of just the the history of the 49ers, and that's never happened. I mean, in a sense, I feel like it doesn't shock me. I I feel like T.O. or Jerry Rice should have at one point, especially T.O., you know, at least a little dump off. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that just shows you how much of an impact that Emmanuel Sanders has made 
on this 49er team since being traded from Denver. I mean, he made this offense from mediocre and Jimmy G being a game manager to Jimmy G being the head honcho and the reason that they're in these games. Because the defense, yeah, still top three defense in the league, but a top three defense needs to be complemented with a top three offense as well. Emmanuel Sanders has made every single player on that 49ers offense that much better, including George Kittle, who was kind of just like lost in the wind this season. And then as soon as Emmanuel Sanders got there, we saw, we've seen 2018 George Kittle come back to life. We saw it in kind of that Royal Rumble pile that he got in where he was face masked and uh, he was dynamic in that game as well. And he also sent out a fantastic tweet to the 1C tight end in the NFL last night, Zach Ertz, who had a dynamic game on Monday Night Football, your number one tight end of the fantasy playoffs this week. 13 targets, 9 catches, 91 yards, and 2 touchdowns. The Eagles were down to one healthy wide receiver once overtime started, and the Giants still did not figure out that they had to cover Zach Ertz. Classic Giants. Classic, classic Giants. It was they just can't beautiful. figure it out. They can't figure it out. It was it was a marvel to watch. Every single play, a player was getting injured, and still, Zach Ertz was wide open, doing the damn thing. Carson Wentz with a signature win, so I don't want to hear any more slander towards my quarterback from anybody. And some more quarterbacks that we will not slander this week. Jameis Winston, a big win against the Indianapolis Colts. Your number two Fantasy performer of the week, 456 yards passing and four passing touchdowns. But like we've said on this show before, we even said it last week, you're going to get those interceptions. James threw three picks. But you'll take 456 yards and the four touchdowns offsetting that for almost 38 fantasy points every single week if you can get that from one James Winston. James Winston is this generation's Brett Favre in the sense where He's going to throw two or three picks a game. You just better hope that he's throwing four touchdowns as well to get you the win. He loves throwing the ball around the field. I mean, there's no better duo in the league than Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to compliment him. And it just kind of stinks to see that they're not as good as they should be with Bruce Arians coming in to try to change the culture of the locker room. But, I mean, every week you love watching the Bucs play. Somebody I loved watching play this week, he acted like Buzz Lightyear in the end zone. Drew Locke has been fantastic to start his NFL career at the quarterback position. 309 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Houston Texans. He outdueled Deshaun Watson. What did you think of Drew Locke? Drew Locke looks really good, and Drew Locke looks like he could be the Broncos next. I don't want to say franchise quarterback because it's really tough to predict those. But, I mean, John Elway has had his eye on him for a long time. They finally are in the position where they can really take their time and search for a franchise quarterback and not rush and try to get Joe Flacco or Paxton Lynch or whoever wants to step into that role, into that role. So, I mean, I do like the decision with Drew Locke, and let's just see what they can do in the draft to surround him with good people. Drew Locke has looked good, and I like his Toy Story celebrations because I'm a big Toy Story guy. Of and, course, uh, who's not a big Toy Story guy? That's a very valid point, my friend, and this is why you are co-hosting during the playoffs for us. Is that your favorite Pixar movie? Uh, it's my favorite Disney movie. 
Okay. All right. Hands Toy down. Story is yeah top in my top three. Hands down. Uh, somebody that is toy size though that we talked about at the top of the show, Boston Scott was not on anybody's radar to do anything in the fantasy playoffs. He is one percent owned, and that is because he was picked up all of last night for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ten rushing attempts, fifty nine yards on the ground, and a touchdown. But he was also dynamic with six catches and sixty nine yards. Nice, through the air, receiving the ball, and just was a huge kind of like breath of fresh air for this Eagles offense. If you're a fantasy football owner of an Eagles running back, you hate everything about Boston Scott. If you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, Boston Scott is the next coming of Christ to you. Because (laughs) of last night, what he did, he ran the ball well. And I don't even know how many headed monsters or how many heads that monster has in that Philadelphia backfield, but Boston Scott's leading it and he's dynamic. He can help out Miles Sanders a lot on third downs. I think this is your next year RB2 leading to the future and hopefully a division win because I cannot see the Cowboys win this division. Me either. Me. I don't want to see it. Nobody wants to see it. Uh, I just don't. you, You can't in a. Season where you have been hemming and hawing over to fire your head coach, you don't, you do not deserve to be in the playoffs. Not at all. And with that, there's more running backs that outperform Boston Scott. I'm going to read them off. You tell me what you thought of their performances this week, Patty Pitts. We're going to start off in LA with Austin Eckler, Green Bay, Aaron Jones, and then Joe Mixon for Cincinnati. Uh, Raheem Mostert, of all running backs for the 49ers. And then right behind Boston Scott was Mikey's favorite player on the planet, Christian McCaffrey. And then my guy, Derrick Henry. All dynamic this week. And if you played them, good on you. If not, what were you doing outside of, I'd say, Raheem Mostert? Yeah, um... We just tweeted out today through the fourth and goal Twitter account. Austin Eckler was our AFC player of the week. I mean, he had two over 200 yards, um, total yards throughout the entire game. He had a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. He looked so dynamic, and he looked like he looked like he's going to be the Chargers' next running back. I would not be surprised if Melvin Gordon moves on and Austin Eckler becomes the next RB one. Yeah, I, I personally think Melvin Gordon is gone. Uh, he's he's going to go to a different team and get paid, and they're just going to roll with Austin Eckler because he does it all. Uh, and he had another fantastic week in a in a finally blowout win for the Los Angeles Chargers. No kind of waiting until the end of the game to see if Phillip Rivers can uh, tie the game up with you know thirty seconds left, and then they get a uh, onside kick attempt. But uh, a forty five ten win over the Jacksonville Jaguars for the Chargers. A.J. Brown is my surprise of the week outside of Boston Scott. 33.6 fantasy points for the Titans wide receiver. 153 yards receiving, two touchdowns. This is the A.J. Brown that I think everybody thought the Titans were drafting, and hopefully you kept him on your fantasy roster just as kind of a depth guy because moving forward, I think A.J. Brown is going to get those targets and could be very helpful these last two weeks of fantasy football. A.J. Brown fell into the best situation possible. Talk about right place, right time with him. I mean, you get drafted, 
and you go you go to a team that is really run heavy at the moment with Derrick Henry, and then you have a team that doesn't have a quarterback. They finally found it in what came off the shore in Miami, Ryan Tannehill, and somehow he does well, and you guys are now leading your way into, I don't think they're going to win the division, but a wild card spot in the playoffs. So, I mean, credit to them and A.J. Brown. If you get a, if you keep Tannehill around or find someone else younger to fill in that role, I mean, A.J. Brown's going to have a lot of value, not only on the fantasy gridiron, but the actual gridiron as well in the next few years. We made some very, very smart picks last week on the show. I said, if you can get him, play Noah Font. What did he do? 21.3 fantasy points for you. Over 100 yards receiving from Mr. Drew Locke. And, Patty Pitts, you said play Devontae Freeman against the Panthers. And you said play Derek Carr against the Titans. And even in a loss for Derek Carr, still put up 20.22 fantasy points. And Devontae Freeman had 19.4. What kind of sorcery were you pulling to uh, predict those two? Because they had fantastic games uh, for your week one. I mean, listen. I, when you've been doing it as long as I have, <laughs> something's gotta something's gotta stick to the wall. But no, you know, you just gotta really look at the matchups. I mean, Derek Carr is having a good season so far this year, and the Titans are not a bad defense by any means, but they're not a top five, top ten defense. And when a quarterback is having such a great season like that against a middle of the road team, you know, there's gonna be high scoring, and you know, it's gonna be a lot of offense. Um, you know, I kind of expect this from the Raiders. I didn't expect um, anything really from the passing game from the Tennessee Titans. And thank God my boy Derrick Henry is riding out. I, I can't believe he's going to finish a top three running back of the season. He's so good, man. I never, never a doubt that he was, uh, you know, going to be a bust this season. But somebody that had a great game but also is now done for the season, which is very unfortunate, especially with what – his next few matchups looked like Calvin Ridley uh, had 18.6 PPR full point uh, PPR fantasy points this week. Five catches on five targets, 76 yards and a touchdown. He is done for the season with an abdominal injury. Posted on uh, his Instagram that he's out for the season. He has been placed on injured reserve. How big of a blow is this to Matt Ryan owners? Uh, Devontae Freeman owners and even you know Austin Hooper and Julio Jones owners that Calvin Ridley is now done for the rest of the season. Well, it's a two-sided coin. It's great because now that they're going to get more targets, you you opened up a opened up a lane in a sense. So you're going to get the quantity of that value. Now the quality is tough because you take out someone like Calvin Ridley. Now defenses are start, starting to game plan more on guys like Julio Jones, Devonta Friedman, Austin Hooper, if he's healthy. Um, you know, it's so the game planning goes, in, goes into effect. But the real thing is you have to look at each person's value and how high is their ceiling. I don't think a lot of those guys have a high, such a higher ceiling when that happens, except for Julio Jones. Yeah, I was uh, pretty bummed when I found that out because – even though I'm not in the playoffs, I drafted Calvin Ridley this year. Had very high expectations, and on our preseason, uh, you know, hot takes for every team episode we did back in August, I said Calvin Ridley was going to lead the Atlanta Falcons in targets, and he's going to fall just shy of being able to accomplish that. He finishes the season with 93 targets. Julio Jones right now with 109 
I was not very far off, and it's very disappointing that Calvin Ridley yeah, it, won't be on the field for the rest of the year. You know, it's let's spin zone that. Say he was on the field, he would have came close to it. So would come close. It's not a bad. It's not a bad prediction. That's actually good insight. You can't predict injuries like that. So I'll give you. I'll give you that one, Kyle. I'll give you that. One thing that you and I both did not see was Jared Goff finally throwing touchdowns again. Back to back weeks, two touchdowns. Played better than Ryan Fitzpatrick because the Dolphins couldn't score touchdowns. Jared Goff actually had a quality game against Seattle and a a weird win for the L.A. Rams. Yeah, really weird win. I mean, you look at a Rams team that struggled all year, and, I mean, big win for them against a division rival in the Seahawks. But the problem is that this win, if, if they had a little more success this season, it would be a bigger win leading to a playoff run. They're not even close to playoffs at this moment right now with the teams in the NFC. I mean, there's two teams in their division right now that have a better shot to making the playoffs than they do. So, weird win for them. Tough loss for the Seahawks. And something that you can't have happen. I mean, Jared Goff, you go an entire month in November and you leave all these touchdowns out on the table for your fantasy owners and you just, we can't have them. It's just so, so sad to see. And it's, you know, you kind of cost me playoffs here, bud. You know, I kind of wanted to win. Just like Don't you. We Don't we all? Don't, ju- just like you, man. I also saw one of the worst takes on Twitter today as we record this on Tuesday night. Uh, some Rams fan account said that after seeing what Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott have done this season, he was declaring that Jared Goff was the best quarterback in the 2017 draft. Or in the uh, 2016 draft. That's, that's a tough take to have. You man. hate to see that. That's a really tough take. Because Jared Goff I mean, is still the third in line in that list for I mean, me, and I, I hate Dak Prescott. I I won't put Dak's, Dak Prescott anywhere below the bottom of the – I mean, anywhere above the bottom of the barrel. So don't get me started. Speaking of Dak Prescott, did not look particularly great, but fantasy-wise, still a pretty quality game. Uh, but the interesting thing was that his wide receiver, Michael Gallup, almost outperformed him fantasy-wise. Michael Gallup – Six catches, 109 yards against the Bears secondary, especially when uh, Amari Cooper kind of wasn't really up to snuff. Uh, Michael Gallup is going to be an interesting play for me for the rest of the fantasy playoffs, especially when the Cowboys get the Rams and the Eagles in the final two weeks of the season. If you somehow play a Week 17 fantasy championship, like we say, fix your league or find a new one, uh, they play Washington. Yeah, I'm looking up right now because I want to say the stack correctly and I want to get it right. I don't know the wins. I'll have to double-check that. But I know that the Cowboys right now are winless against teams that are 500 or better. Yes. And they are still first place in the division. That alone should show you that there is an issue with the Dallas Cowboys team. That alone should show you that there's an issue and that it does not come from the players but it comes from the coaching. Couldn't agree more. And something that I think is going to have to get fixed coaching-wise is down in Jacksonville. Uh, They don't look great, and unfortunately, the one player that has been an absolute superstar for them all season long looks like he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. That is one DJ Chark. Doug Marone said on Monday he is week-to-week and with the Jaguars mathematically out of actual contention, 
uh, for the playoffs and struggling, you know, on both sides of the ball, I would not be surprised to see DJ Chark's season come to an end. Yeah, it would be really sad to see DJ Chark's season come to an end like this because it's been so great to see him do so well this season in a Jags team that needs to have a little spark of success. I mean, they're not going to win the division this year. It didn't look like it as Texans and Colts, um, you know, are making, and Titans even, are making their cases to be division winners, and the Jags just don't have it. The defense isn't there from what it was a couple of years ago. I mean, it's real tough. And G- DJ Chark and Gardner Minshew were the, you know, the driving force behind that. And see one of them go out is, you know, you prepare, you got to punt and just head to the offseason. And if this is the end for DJ Chark in 2019, he's going to finish the season with 67 catches, 956 yards, and eight touchdowns. What a sophomore season for DJ Chark. And the other unfortunate part is the next two weeks for the Jaguars at Oakland. At Atlanta, two very beatable secondaries where DJ Chark would have easily gotten over a thousand yards on the season and put up a lot of fantasy points for you in the playoffs. So hopefully you have a reliable replacement for DJ Chark and Calvin Ridley because even though I'm not in the playoffs, I had both of those guys this year. And the way my league is structured, you can't pick up free agents. So I would have been hashtag screwed. Uh, That's brutal. That's it's, really brutal. It's rough. The only the only free agent you can pick up is if your kicker gets injured. Uh, it's a free pick. Well, up. you know what? That's fair. I like that. Yeah, I do. I do like that. That's being fair. Happened to me a couple years ago uh, when I won my last title. Greg Zerline got injured, pulled his groin, picked up Jake Elliott, and Jake Elliott led me to my second championship in my you know big money keeper league. But when you win those big money keeper leagues, Patty Pitts, you know what you got to do. You gotta head over to our friends at trophysmack.com. Trophy Smack is the place to go for all your fantasy championship needs. Patty Pitts, let me tell you something real quick. They've got trophies. It's obvious, it's in the name. Trophy Smack. They've got trophies. They've got rings. You can rock a championship ring. And let me sweeten this a little bit more for you. They even have championship belts. That's just catering right to my WWE fandom right there. You That's can really walk in looking like Triple audience. H into the office with a fantasy championship belt around your waist. All their items come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. And if you order today, you get the first engraving for free and you get free shipping. As I always say, Free is for me. So, I'm going to sweeten this deal even more for you guys. If you use the promo code promo code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, at checkout, you will receive one of those free championship rings. Yes, I said free championship ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. That ring is valued at $59. You're going to get a $59 ring absolutely free when you purchase a trophy or belt at trophysmack.com with that promo code GOALINE, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E. So don't settle for less when you can get the best at trophysmack.com. Go smack the competition and hoist that trophy 
at the end of the season. You know who's not going to be helping you hold those trophies up at the end of the season, though? Is the stinkers of the week that probably got you eliminated from the playoffs in week one. And unfortunately, there are a lot of good players that ended up on my stinker list. One of them being DJ Moore. In a brutal loss for the Carolina Panthers, he only put up 12.10 fantasy points after you know we talked about his, his relationship with Kyle Allen being so dynamic. Had not been under 17 points since week 8 of the fantasy season. How do you feel about DJ Moore if you're still alive in your fantasy playoffs, knowing he plays against Seattle and on the road against Indianapolis the rest of the way, Patty Pitts? I mean, that's not bad. It, that's nothing to worry about. You're going to have fluky divisional games. Every team goes to them. I mean, as a Patriots fan, we go through it in Miami every year. For you guys, I mean, the Cowboys and Cowboys and Giants really give you some trouble. So you can understand that. The Falcons and Panthers just struggle against each other. And Panthers more so do it more often than, you know, we do more often. The point is, it's one of those fluky games. I wouldn't worry about it. DJ Moore is still one of the top receivers for the Panthers. Kyle Allen needs weapons to throw to. Can't throw to Curtis Samuel all the time. I would not worry that much about DJ Moore. How about a former member of the NFC South? He plays for an AFC North team that is absolutely balling out right now. That's Mark Ingram. Back-to-back kind of rough weeks. Sure, the matchups weren't great for this you know type of runner he is, but 10.9 fantasy points, only 50 yards on the ground. Mark Ingram plays the Jets and the Cleveland Browns the rest of the way, so I feel confident in that. But knowing that he struggled back-to-back weeks and Lamar Jackson's kind of dealing with an injury, do you feel confident playing Mark Ingram as your RB1 or RB2? Absolutely. Last week doesn't change anything. Mark Ingram's still been a top 10 running back this year, in my opinion. And he's going up against a Jets team who I think we'll get to in our talk about spreads. And that they are going into that game. I just had, oh, Ravens are 15.5-point favorites going into the, the Thursday night game. The Jets team as a whole has struggled all season. I expect Mark Ingram to bounce back and bounce back very well on the primetime stage. I couldn't agree more, especially with the two matchups that he has. You can't beat those types of matchups down the stretch. But somebody else from his team did struggle this week, and I think it was mostly just the the way the game went. It was Mark Andrews, who has been a fantasy darling for so many player, you know, fantasy players this year. A season low 2.4 fantasy points had one catch for 14 yards. Are we concerned about Mark Andrews even with the same schedule? Um, no, I mean. It's one of those things with the tight end position so flippity-floppity every week. And marking Mark Andrews has still been a reliable tight end to start week in and week out. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's kind of my philosophy when it comes to situations like this. You kind of have to just 
give you kind of have to play the cards given to you in this in this stage and just trust your guys that got you there and don't be finicky with your lineups because that is it is the biggest issue when it comes to setting your lo- uh, lineups during the playoffs. Here's a guy that we weren't sure if he was going to be back, but he came back this week and he wasn't great. He saved his day with a touchdown. Marlon Mack. 13 carries, 38 yards against the Tampa Bay run defense. It is pretty good. He's got games against New Orleans on Monday Night Football on the road and then home against the Carolina Panthers to end the season for fantasy. Do you trust Marlon Mack anywhere in your lineup? Oh, absolutely. I trust Marlon Mack in my lineup. I mean, look what he's done so far uh, this season. The only issue is he just missed a couple weeks due to injury. You they're still going to rely on the run game moving forward because T.Y. Hilton is still dealing with injuries. You have Eric Ebron's out for the rest of the season on the IR. And Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal are your only two best bets to throw to. I mean, Marlon Maxman is stud. They're going to kind of ride the hot hand. I'm going to give you three guys here that you know you have the potential to start in your flex position Going into next week, you tell me who you would start in your flex spot. So we're going to start things off, especially since DJ Chark looks like he's going to miss this week. D.D. Westbrook at the wide receiver position for the Jaguars, obviously. Uh, playing against the Oakland Raiders in the black hole on the road at Oakland. Uh, we've got Saquon Barkley, who, we've, who we said last week has not looked good since week eight against the Detroit Lions, and then obviously suffered the ankle injury. Monday Night Football, 17 rushing attempts for 66 yards, did not score, has not scored a rushing touchdown since Week 7. He is at home against the Miami Dolphins. And then we've got Leonard Fournette, a guy who has just you know been up and down depending who is you know quarterbacking this team, game script of everything. He is also at Oakland. Uh, but obviously a different position than D.D. Westbrook. If you had your take of Saquon, Leonard Fournette, or D.D., who would you flex? I would start Leonard Fournette. I think he has a better matchup against the Raiders, um, and he's been more consistent this year than Saquon Barkley. Still second-round talent at, you know, when you drafted him. So he's one of those guys that you drafted to bring you, kind of, you, know, bring you a win in the playoffs. When it comes to Saquon Barkley, he's at my two spot out of those three. I think, you know, obviously you have to start your first rounders in the playoffs, but at the same time, and I mean, right now the matchup that he has is really favorable as he's playing the Dolphins. I think that the issue is, though, he's not been consistent. I don't really know who the Giants are going to start a quarterback this week. If it's Eli, he will rely on Saquon a lot. But Darius Slayton's really jumping out as the favorite target in that Giants offense. I, I just I would start Saquon if he had to, and then I'm not starting D.D. Westbrook. The Raiders do have a good passing defense. they a lot better than their run defense, and I would feel more comfortable starting Leonard Fournette over D.D. Westbrook, who at the time is just filling in for D.J. Chark as the number one. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm still concerned with Saquon. I don't know why, and sure, he's got a plus matchup against the Dolphins. I I don't know if I can just trust him full-blown to be like that RB1 that I would have drafted him as if I had the opportunity. Um, 
I view him more as an RB2, especially if Eli's playing. It's going to limit things just overall for the offense. We saw that last night against the Eagles. Uh, even in you know a close contested game, Eli was throwing the rock around more than relying on Saquon and just getting the ball out. Uh, so I don't know how I feel about Saquon moving forward, even in two very positive matchups. I just don't know if I can get my expectations high to think that Saquon's going to have you know a 30-point fantasy game like he did in Week 8. I got a question for you just to go off the Saquon thing because you say you don't really trust him. So, Derrick Henry well, – no, not Derrick Henry. Mark Ingram plays against the Jets on Thursday night. Would you start him over Saquon? Yes. Would you start Josh Jacobs over Saquon? Josh Jacobs is playing the Jaguars? Probably not. Not? Okay. There's – see, that's where it comes in. Okay. See, that's where – and that's where what I'm saying is that there's going to be instances I'm going to have guys that are, are Mark Ingram-type talents, and then your Josh Jacobs where they're solid, they're top 15 back, but Saquon's ceiling every week is so high that you have to play the high-risk, high-reward with him. I think the only reason I'm low on Josh Jacobs is knowing that he's injured and he didn't play this week either um, and really messed with some fantasy lineups big time. So uh, that's where I'm on with Josh Jacobs. But another guy that's really struggled this season has not been himself, only has one rushing touchdown all year long, Alvin Kamara. 612 rushing yards. Obviously missed a couple games this year too, but do you trust Alvin Kamara down the stretch? Yeah, because his next games are against Indianapolis and Tennessee. They're against two defenses that the Saints could rip to shreds with their high-powered offense. Indianapolis is middle of the pack, not great against the run, especially with a running back like Alvin Kamara. It's going to take two, three guys to take him down every play. Then you go up against Tennessee in week 16 if you do make it to your championship, and he's playing against Tennessee, which, again, what I say, they have a great, solid defense, not top 15, but it's not at the bottom of the pack either. That's a defense where if you play such a – playing against a team like the Saints, you're going to struggle, and it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think in high-scoring games, and it is at Tennessee outside, Drew Reeves isn't going to have the game that he would like or you would expect him to have. Alvin Kamara steps up and shines for them. One last guy before we get to the Week 15 slate that has really struggled since a pop-off game in Week 9, and that is Tyler Lockett. Me, personally, I don't think he's fully healthy after that strange, weird leg issue that he was suffering from. He has not had a double-digit fantasy game since November 3rd against Tampa Bay when it was just an absolute, you know, gunslinging back-and-forth matchup between the Seahawks and Bucks. He's got matchups at Carolina and against Arizona, but these are his target shares the last four weeks that they've had games. Four targets against San Francisco two against the Eagles, three against Minnesota, and then six against the Rams. I don't know if I can trust Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver one or two, maybe as a flex option, but I am nervous as hell if I have to rely on Tyler Lockett just the way things are trending downwards right now. The good thing is there with Tyler Lockett is that there is a lot of upside with him. But as you said, I mean, those numbers in the past few weeks are atrocious if you're looking for a big game out of him in the playoffs. 
So what you need to do is you need to look at your lineups. So you need to, need to look at your bench, and you need to look at players who are have a favorable matchup this week that are kind of riding the hot hand. Yes, you drafted Tyler Lockett at you at his value, and he did did well to get you there. But he's not the hot hand. This is playoffs. You need to ride the hot hand come playoffs. And I'm looking at a couple guys right now that I would like to see over Tyler Lockett. I mean, right now, Kenny Galladay, um, Allen Robinson, if Mitch Krabitsky can do something, uh, Robert Woods, Bob the Builder, and then Emmanuel Sanders is ranked below him. John Brown, you know, just even Mike DK Metcalf, his own teammate. Those guys I feel like would be better plays than Tyler Lockett this week. But if you don't have guys like that, then I would stick with your guns. I'll give you a name that I would play over Tyler Lockett this week. And you're gonna be you're gonna be absolutely stunned that I'm probably gonna say this, but he's the guy that's kind of you know taking the the next step in terms of this franchise just developing wide receivers. Deontay Johnson for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If Juju Smith Schuster's out again, he has that big playability just like Tyler Lockett does, and he's getting the target share from Duck Hodges. I would play Deontay Johnson against Buffalo on Sunday Night Football rather than playing Tyler Lockett this week. That's a bold call. I mean, Buffalo, yeah, that's... Buffalo's coming off that loss against the Ravens. They're going to want redemption. The Steelers are kind of my Cinderella story of the year because everything that happened to them and they're still somehow finding a way to be over 500 is pretty impressive in my book. Um, Yeah, you're right, Doug Hodges does trust him, but... I, I'm going to have to disagree with you. That Bills defense wants, wants blood after last week. So I would not start anyone on the Steelers, the biggest, except for obviously Juju Smith. The biggest thing is Juju is expected to play this week. He is going to return to practice. So if Juju is in this game, he's going to draw Tredavious White, which opens things up in my book for Deontay Johnson to get downfield and beat those you know underlying corners that aren't as good as Trey White and really open things up. And I, I think Deontay Johnson is kind of, you know, it's a it's a high-risk, high-reward type of play, but so is Tyler Lockett most weeks because he is that boomer bust type threat, especially right now, not getting that target share. I'm playing Deontay Johnson. So if I screw you out of a fantasy championship because of it, I apologize in advance. But in order to get there, we got to go through the matchups. And that starts on Thursday night, Patty Pitts. You brought it up earlier, the Jets at the Ravens, this is our wonky point spread of the week. 15 point spread according to Yahoo right now in favor of Baltimore. Do the Jets cover? No, I don't think the Jets cover in the slightest. This Ravens team is the best team I've seen in a while offensively. I mean, they are showing shades of that one, the Chiefs team from last year. Then that Falcons team from Super Bowl 51 with Julio and Matt Ryan, Devonta Free, but Tevin Coleman, that backfield. And they just look so like they just look like they have the ability to score every play. I mean, it's just so insane. And the Jets couldn't stop a nosebleed if they wanted to. So I think this is going to get ugly and ugly fast. I think this game also very much depends on if Le'Veon Bell has recovered from the flu and is no longer bowling, even though he did bowl a career high with the flu. Uh, Good for him, man. To, uh, 251 you know, with the flu. That's his flu game. That is his, flu, his game. flu game. 
wish it was a Sunday, though, but whatever. <laughs> if Lev does play, obviously you have to play him. And I think it's a bit of an advantage because he knows the Ravens. You know, he knows how they kind of coach things a bit, uh, having played with the Steelers for so many years. Uh, do you play Robbie Anderson in this game from the Jets? Uh, I would not. I, agree. I really wouldn't. I'm not playing anyone on the on the Jets. If you really, if you have to, maybe Jamison Crowder. I'd That's even, it. Yeah, yeah. Not even Sam Darnold because we saw a ghost against the yeah. Patriots. I don't know what the hell he's going to see against the Ravens. <laughs> and obviously, the Ravens are playing every fantasy relevant player on that team because that's just what they do. They win you fantasy games. Start um, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Yeah. Like, just, like, I'm not even joking. Yeah. You literally just start anyone. It yeah. will work out for you. If you mean it, Nick Boyle, you could even start because they throw to him now for whatever reason, even though he's a blocking tight end. Uh, They're getting bored. They're getting bored over there. Yeah, they just want to play in the playoffs. And so do your Patriots, Patty Pitts. They head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals, uh, who they were filming, apparently. With a bunch of B-roll. Don't get me started. I am going to go off tomorrow when we record our show about that because all week I've been sitting home writing my articles, doing my graphics for social, and on NFL Network and Twitter is being scandal and just these tweets that have nothing to do with anything because they're filming a documentary. Do you think that the Patriots want any sort of edge on the Bengals by recording their practice? I will let you answer that question and move on to the actual game itself because I, if I keep going, we're going to have an ugly episode. Hey, I'll just say the Bengals have won a game, so. They, that's fine. They have. That's a fact. <laughs> they know that's what it takes to win. Uh, obviously, you're, you're playing every Patriots relevant player in this game. Bengals, the only real players I see are Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd. That's really all I, I see from this game. Yeah, that's all I really could see too. I mean, the Bengals don't have a lot to lot to help themselves out with. So I go James White over Sony Michelle in this game too, just because I think they'll throw to him more and he'll get you the PPR points. Where Sony I wouldn't Michelle start would... him. Oh, go keep going. My fault. No, I'm just he. I think James White is going to outscore Sony Michelle this week. Okay. I'm going to say, if don't do this if this is your actual fantasy team. Do this strictly for DFS. A great DFS play this week would be Brandon Bolden. He scored a touchdown last week. I hate that this is coming out of my mouth because of my <laughs> hatred for him. But I, I have to give good advice when I think of it. And, I mean, Brandon Bolden has so much upside. The Pats need a spark in their offense. They'll literally look to anyone walking off the street who can score two touchdowns a game and get this offense back to where it was in week two. So if you can get, and he's definitely going to be valued low, Brandon Bolden would be an amazing DFS start. And right back to back, your other team, the Buccaneers, had to take on your Matt Patricia-led Lions. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of love in that game. A lot of love. This game, I like all of Tampa Bay's skill position players. I like Mike Evans. I like Chris Godwin. I even like... O.J. Howard. I like Ronald Jones because the Lions are absolutely atrocious at stopping the run, and I yeah, love like love me some Jameis Winston in this game. If Matt Stafford was healthy, this would be the greatest offensive game Oh my game god, ever. yes. This would just be, it would actually be like practice, the coach 
who's just putting footballs into the machines and receivers just running go routes. I mean, that's kind of what this game's going to be. I mean, if Matt Saffer was in this game too, I think there'd be a combined nine interceptions. Now that David <laughs> Blau's in the game, there might be a combined six. I mean, it's just going to be a really fun offensive game. If I were to advise you any gambling uh, predictions, hit the over. Just bet the over. Yes. Uh, and the over is the over is forty seven and a half. That's easy. That is easy money. The only thing I'm really staying away from Lions wise is the run game because Tampa Bay is good against the run. So don't play Bo Scarborough. Uh, Kenny Galladay, play him because he's really the only offensive receiving threat too. Now that Marvin Jones is on injured reserve, so uh, the Lions are going to be depleted on the offensive side of the ball. So I love the Buccaneers though in this matchup, and I think they're going to have a huge day. Taking on the Lions in Detroit. A AFC South matchup continues the 1 o'clock slate. Texans at Titans. This is a popcorn game and a half. Literally play everybody. Play them all. Play them all. Play everyone. D-Hop, Will Fuller, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, obviously. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you're playing, you know, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Janu. Play them all. Play everybody. It's it's a house party. Definitely, I'm I'm all in on that game too. I'm I you you really just said it all. Just play everyone. There's really no one you're not playing that game. Here's another game that's really interesting to me: an, an AFC West showdown between the Broncos and the Chiefs. I'm playing Drew Locke because it's going to be a shootout, and he's looked great playing Cortland Sutton. Uh, I'm playing Philip Lindsay as a flex like I always do. I'm playing Noah Font at the tight end position. Chiefs-wise, we say it every week, literally just play every skill position player available. Watching them live was something I've never seen before. That offense just moves, man. I mean, the way they move without the ball, the way they see the defense and can get open into open spaces, I mean, they torch the boogeyman. And going up this week, I mean, yeah, the Broncos D – you're no boogeyman. I have the Chiefs. Heavy. And we go from a fun matchup to an absolutely miserable matchup. Dolphins at Giants. Game can't even be in sunny Miami. Uh, I think the only players I'm playing are Devontae Parker and Darius Slayton. And obviously Saquon. Yeah, this is this will be the game brought to you by Genesis because of how badly it will stink. I mean, it's just so – that's going to be the nap game. Take a bathroom break. If you want to run a few errands. Start making ran, dinner early. Exactly. You want to go get dinner, you know, go visit your family. Yeah, do all those during that game because, you know, what? those are two teams I'm kind of sick of seeing at this point of the year. Obviously, if Evan Ingram is healthy and can go, you're going to play him. Do you play Mike Jacecki in this game knowing just how bad the Giants are? You know what? If if it's DFS, yes, I would absolutely start him in DFS because there's value there in in that matchup. But if you're starting him on your team for your fantasy playoffs, then um, I don't think I think you need to be asking other questions. I do think Mike just Mike Jacecki has a little bit of an edge because he grew up a Giants fan, so he's going to want to show up his childhood team. Oh, but it's a revenge game. It is Got a you. it's a mini like show up the team I grew up rooting for game. Uh, Eagles at Washington, Jesus take the wheel. Uh, the Eagles have one healthy wide receiver right now, so my prediction is Jordan Matthews will be back tomorrow. Um, 
you know, Miles Sanders you can play, uh, Carson Wentz I'm playing, and then Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz because nobody is healthy. Uh, Washington-wise, I really don't like anybody. No, I'm staying away from uh, both teams, actually, in this regard. Washington is four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm taking them immediately. Interesting. I'm taking them immediately. I think – I listen, I think that the Eagles will win, but you guys are not winning by more than a field goal. I think, it's just, I it's think a divisional we'll game. It's 1 o'clock. You just came off the Monday night miracle in my eyes against the Giants, against Eli. You're riding too high. You're not going to cover. You'll win for the Cinderella story aspect of it. So you win the division, but you guys will not cover that game. I say the Eagles cover because it's just the, the stupidity of the NFC East. Uh, well, the stupid wouldn't the stupidity be more that the Redskins just somehow find a way to either cover or win by field goal? That would just be on brand. Uh, so what's well, that's uh, what's on brand for the NFC East is stupidity, right? And it's just the Eagles, the Eagles being able to cover with one healthy wide receiver would be absolutely stupid. All right, I didn't look at it like that. See, that's fair. <laughs> I was looking at the sheer fact that the Redskins are just this team on. They get nine lives. They're on their eighth. The Eagles are going to cover with Greg Ward playing the X receiver position. You love Greg to Ward, see it. If, if Greg Ward has 100 yards receiving, I will sing the Philadelphia Eagles fight song on this station. Let's on show. do it. Uh, Seahawks at Panthers. This is an absolute popcorn game for me. I'm playing every fantasy-relevant player because it's gonna be, there's going to be points to be had in this game. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy relevant players in that game. Um, it's definitely a popcorn game for me. Especially for Chris Carson because Rashad Penny is done for the season with a torn ACL. Absolute bummer for him. Uh, he was having a, a pretty solid, you know, down the stretch kind of season for himself, but it's going to be the Chris Carson show in that backfield, which means points on points on points from Chris Carson. Well, as, as it's well deserved for him, though, because oh, Chris yeah. Carson's had a year. That I don't think anyone ever saw for nope. the past three years. Russell Wilson has led the team in rushing. It's finally, it finally is time that a running back leads his own team in rushing. He has made me look like a, a better situation. Dummy, an absolute dummy. Uh, we got a, ma- a rematch of the first game of the 100th season of the NFL: Chicago at Green Bay. Mitch Trubisky looked good against the Cowboys, and he's been getting the ball to Allen Robinson. I'm not playing Mitch, but I'm playing Allen Robinson. Uh, are you playing David Montgomery in this game against the Packers, who are notorious for giving up rushing yards? Yeah, I'll play David Montgomery. Uh, he's one of those guys down in the stretch where you know he's established as the number one back, and he has value against a Packers team that they have a solid defense. But yes, as you said, it they struggle against they struggle a little bit against the run. I wouldn't expect a lot. I would say he's a top twenty play. So if you could find someone else. That would be better, but I'm definitely playing with the flex. Packers-wise, it's obviously Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Do you like Alan Lazard if he is healthy? Yes, Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust a lot of receivers, but he trusts Lazard. Vikings and Chargers in L.A., so a Vikings home game pretty much at 4.05 to kick off the late games. This is a popcorn game for me. Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Coupons. If Adam Thielen finally gets back on a football field, you play Adam Thielen. 
Chargers-wise, you play both running backs. You play Hunter Henry, you play Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Phillip Rivers even, because it's going to be a slugfest. I like everybody in this game. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. That's going to be a game that like you don't really see often, just how yeah. just because of how the scheduling works. So Vikings charge can be really weird to see that that you know that happen on the on Sunday. I don't know, just like a weird to my eye. Thinking of like the purple and light blue, but it's that's a that's a really fun game if both if the Chargers were just a little better. I feel like the Chargers were leading or in second place in the division by call it close margin. Like the Chargers team last year against this Vikings yeah. team would be a really good. Really good matchup. I don't really see it being like that this time around, and I can see the Vikings just handing the Chargers a nice loss. Yeah. And then we move to the black hole in Oakland. Jaguars at Raiders. <laughs> Dee Dee Westbrook and Leonard Fournette from the Jaguars. For me, Raiders, if Josh Jacobs is healthy, you play him, obviously. Uh, but other than that, I... And, I mean, Derek Carr, you can get away with playing. I think if you have to stream somebody. Um, but you shouldn't be streaming quarterbacks in the fantasy playoffs. So this game is one I kind of tend to avoid completely. I love the Raiders in this one. Aut- the autumn wind is a Raider, but the winter frost is also a Raider as well. I got the Raiders absolutely destroying the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Raiders are good. No one will give them the respect that they deserved. I will definitely give that respect to them with Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and the Walrus, Darren Waller. Two teams that just aren't very good play in Arizona. The Browns and the Cardinals. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Uh, Oddly enough, I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be points in this game. I think the Cardinals win. Uh, but I'm playing everybody that is fantasy relevant in this game, including the man who wants out of Cleveland, Odell Beckham Jr. You see the Cardinals winning this game. Interesting. I, I don't do. know. I just like. I think they have more I, team chemistry together. Fair. That's a fair point. But I don't know. I think Cleveland's too talented, and the Cardinals are just not there yet as an organization to be beating teams like the Browns, which I can't believe that just came out of my mouth in 2019, <laughs> almost 2020. But no, but you know, they, they gotta, they gotta win games. Ben and I talk about it all the time, you know, what out watching, uh, watching games on Sundays, they have to win. You can't just say they're going to lose just because of one week. I mean, they have to win some games. And I think this is a game against the Cardinals. They marked on their schedule as a game that they need to win, a statement game. Here's another reason I think the Cardinals win. Baker Mayfield, at this point in the season, has more interceptions than he has touchdowns. So he's turning the ball over way too much. And I think the Cardinals' defense is going to take advantage of it. And then the offense is going to get booming and rolling and show them what they should be really doing in Cleveland. Uh, Rams at Cowboys at the 425 time slot. Points are all over the board here. Or... It's like a 9-7 game because that's just how these two teams play. Uh, But play every single player because anything can happen in Jerry World. The spread is, you know, minus one for the Rams. I I really, that's just money line to me. And I see that this game is going to be a close one because both teams are not where they should be at this point in the season. And I don't know who is in a worse situation. But if I had to pick a winner, I'd pick uh, the Rams. Yep, go Rams. Uh, but you're playing literally every wide receiver possible, I think, except Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Tyler Higby, 
uh, you know, Gerald Everett, and then Cowboys, Amari, Michael Gallup, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, Zeke, Jason Witten even because of red zone targets. Literally every single player in this game. 425 Falcons at 49ers, the Kyle Shanahan revenge game. The scary part of this game is the 49ers lost like a quarter of their team against the Saints to injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of approach this game. Um, but again, play everybody. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, Devontae Freeman, because that's literally all the Falcons have left. And then 49ers, Jimmy G, Emmanuel Sanders, George Kittle, Debo Samuel I like in this game because the Falcons' defense is atrocious. Uh, and then you can literally play on your running back, and it's also the Tevin Coleman revenge game. Tevin Coleman has been so roller coaster as this season. He needs to come back and make a statement that there's a they re- should regret letting him go. There's going to be an absolute berserk amount of points scored in this game, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And then the Sunday night flexed game, Bills at Steelers. Again, another game where you can literally play everybody. Josh Allen, uh, you can play Colt Beasley, you can play John Brown, Devin Singletary. I even like uh, the tight end Knox in this game, playing the underneath game. Uh, Steelers, Deontay Johnson, like I said earlier in the show. If Juju plays, you obviously play Juju. Uh, You know, This game's going to be a lot of fun. I think more real-life entertainment-wise, fantasy-wise, you just kind of have to pick and choose, but you play everybody you have that is fantasy relevant. Yeah, you got to play everyone who's fantasy relevant at this point just because points matter so much heading into the latter half of the playoffs into your championship week. You need to make a you need to start playing the matchups and look who could have the best chance to break out that game. And the final game of week 15 Monday night football Colts at Saints a rematch of a Super Bowl that we had recently, not recently, almost a decade ago, but a Super Bowl Actually, rematch. Actually, a decade ago to this year. Jeez, Zoo, I am old. Uh, but Colts-wise, Jacoby, Marlon Mack, not really trusting anybody else in this game. If uh, T.Y. Hilton does, true. is active for this game, I would start him because the Colts need to win games and they need to rely on their star players like T.Y. Hilton. And Jack Doyle, I think. If he's active. Always start Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is becoming the number one target. Especially since Eric Ebron's on IR. Exactly. And they're just rekindling what they started in 2017. And then Saints-wise, it's your typical Drew Brees. If Jared Cook is healthy and can play, you play him. Michael Thomas. And then I am flexing Alvin Kamara in this game just to be on the safe side. Uh, Just because he hasn't really been that dynamic this year to warrant starting at a running back position. So flex Alvin Kamara, that is my advice to you for Week 15. Patty Pitts, any final thoughts on the Week 15 slate or just in general? You know what? This is going to be a week of fun in the NFL. see a lot of games right now that have a lot of playoff implications, and there's a lot that rides on this week for, not only, you know, just for the future of the NFL. I'm, I'm really excited for this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you're following us on the Twitter machine at KBIZZL311, and Patty Pitts is Pat underscore Pitts, P-I-T-T-S. 
Make sure you follow the network at underground PHI at goal underscore line underscore FFB. Although I don't know if Mikey will be tweeting from there due to just his job stuff. So you can also follow at fourth and goal USP, the new Twitter handle there for all the fantasy football needs throughout the rest of the playoffs. And then make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, Radio.com, and the iHeartRadio app. This has been another playoff edition of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by our friends at TrophySmack.com. For Patty Pitts, I'm your boy KB. We are... Signing off. Go win those matchups. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.